0: So late last night, New Zealand time, uh, King Charles was formally proclaimed king by the Privy Council. Here is the new king, Charles III, speaking from the historic ceremony.
1: My Lords, ladies and gentlemen, it is my most sorrowful duty to announce to you the death of my beloved mother, the Queen. I know how deeply you, the entire nation, and I think I may say the whole world, sympathise with me in the irreparable loss we've all suffered. I am deeply aware of this great inheritance and of the duties and heavy responsibilities of sovereignty, which have now passed to me. In taking up these responsibilities, I shall strive to follow the inspiring example I have been set in upholding constitutional government and to seek the peace, harmony and prosperity of the peoples of these islands and of the commonwealth realms and territories throughout the world. And in carrying out the heavy task that has been laid upon me and to which I now dedicate what remains to me of my life, I pray for the guidance and help of Almighty God.
0: That was King Charles III speaking there. With the latest from the second day of mourning in the United Kingdom, I'm joined now by Royal Correspondent Phil Dampier. Good morning, Phil.
2: Yeah, good morning, Francesca. It's still Saturday night here, of course, and it's actually coming to the end of one of the most remarkable days I can remember in 36 years of royal reporting. It really has been extraordinary. It started this morning with the uh, accession council at St James's Palace, the ancient old palace there, near Buckingham Palace, and uh, Prince Charles was proclaimed as king. uh, And in front of uh, the great and the good there, six former prime ministers and privy councillors who witnessed it, he took a vow to uh, uphold the Church of Scotland, be head of the Church of Scotland. And then it was proclaimed from the balcony, as it had been throughout the centuries. And we were able to see all this. It was the first time it was ever televised. He then went back to Buckingham Palace for meetings with the prime minister, the new prime minister, Liz Truss. Later in the afternoon, we saw other members of the family up at Balmoral, uh, Prince Andrew, Prince Edward and Sophie, uh, Bea and Eugenie, Princess Anne and Zara Zara and Peter, her children, and there were tears there. I mean, it was a really emotional moment. They were looking at flowers, and clearly some of them were very upset, and uh, Prince Andrew at one point was comforting Eugenie, his daughter. And then uh, in the afternoon, we had a tribute from uh, Prince William, or as he now is, the Prince of Wales. And the icing on the cake, later on, this completely unexpected moment when Harry and Meghan uh, joined William and Kate for an impromptu walkabout at uh, Windsor Castle, and none of us had been expecting that. It really was quite extraordinary.
0: It must have been very heartening for the people for people to see the brothers together.
2: Well, it was, I think what people are saying is that in death, you know the Queen has continued to bring people together um as she did in life, you know that was really what she was about, bringing people together being a unifying influence. I mean, a lot of people say it's very sad that this uh, didn't happen while she was alive. And, of course, cynics will query whether it's going to last. I mean, only time will tell whether this is just a temporary truce um, out of respect for uh, the Queen or whether, um, you know, it's the start of a reconciliation. I mean, it did seem absurd that uh, William and uh, William and Kate uh, were just a stone's throw away from Harry and Meghan staying this week in Frogmore Cottage. Of course, they were only due to be here for a few days, but when the Queen died, they obviously stayed and are staying for the funeral. I think now they've tested the water, uh, Megan will probably go to the funeral. She wasn't, um, I was quite surprised, she, she didn't seem to get any, any abuse. There weren't any boos that I could hear when they were working the crowd. And in fact, some people seemed very pleased to see them and uh, were almost sort of in awe of them. So that was the sort of magic of the monarchy rubbing off again, I suppose. But uh, as I say, it's too early to say that there's going to be a reconciliation, but we're told that William reached out with the olive branch, he invited them, and they accepted
0: Prime Minister Liz Truss is set to join the king as he begins his royal tour of Britain's four nations. What have you expected that, Phil?
2: Well, he's going up to Scotland uh, on Monday, the, uh, the new king, um, and, of course, the, the Queen's um, body will be taken on Sunday, mm. um, our Sunday, obviously, um, from Balmoral. She'll leave Balmoral, the place she loves so much and where she died for the last time. She'll be taken to Edinburgh. She'll be at um, Holyrood Palace. Overnight, her um, her official home there. Then she'll be taken to St Giles' Church, where members of the public will be allowed to uh, to file past their coffin. I think that's a nice gesture uh, for the Scottish. Uh, and then her body will be flown back down to London. As you say, in the meantime, uh, next, in the next few days after that, uh, Charles will be uh, visiting um, first of all Scotland, then I think he's going to Northern Ireland, and then to Wales. So. It's very much, you know, going around the whole country proclaiming himself as king and it's very much, you know, the queen is dead, long live the king, so to speak. It's quite a sort of brutal process in some ways, but from the first two days we can see that um, you know there's a lot of goodwill for him uh, and I think people are going to rally round him and, um, you know, the queen would obviously have been delighted to see that.
0: Yeah, no, brutal's an interesting word to use. I mean, I sort of thought, what an overwhelming ten days. You know, the, the king has just lost his mother. I mean, there really isn't a lot of time to privately mourn at this stage, is there?
2: No, it's, it's a strange mixture of emotions, I think, for mm-hmm. everyone. You know, on the one hand, people are, are, are grief-stricken about the Queen, they're mourning her, they're missing her, and, uh, you know, they're terribly upset about it. But uh, after seeing uh, Charles sort of take charge and uh, come across very well in his address, and uh, he's been on another walkabout today. He did a walkabout outside Buckingham Palace yesterday, and this afternoon he just got out of his car and started meeting the people again. No real sort of um, security fears, seemingly, and that and, and on, and on top of... Uh, uh, William and uh, Harry and Kate and Meghan, um, you know, it seems they're really going out, you know, great guns to sort of give a great impression that the the monarchy will continue, uh, that uh, her legacy is safe with them. And uh, so far, I think people are responding.
0: Phil, the funeral date has been set. What do we know about the funeral plans?
2: Yeah, it's going to be Monday week, um, and uh, that's what we always expected. That was ten days after her death, um, or, or after what they call D Day after her death. It's these things have been planned. For a long time, but they, they are obviously tweaked, and they, it was altered by the fact, obviously, that she died in Scotland as opposed to dying in uh, Windsor or at Buckingham Palace. Uh, um, I think they've changed, the, uh, changed a couple of things. Um, as I say, her body is being brought back by plane as opposed to by train, which was the original plan. I think that's to save time, and that will mean that she will be lying in state for four days as opposed to three at Westminster Hall when people can file past and I would imagine tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of people want to do that. The, the, the hall is literally going to be open 23 hours a day. It will only shut for one hour a day. And uh, it's going to be reminiscent, I think, of uh, Winston Churchill's uh, funeral in 1965 when uh, one journalist famously wrote that there were two rivers flowing through London, the Thames and the River of People, and uh, that's how it will probably feel with the Queen.
0: What's the feeling on the street, Phil? How many people are out and about? What are their thoughts about the new king?
2: Uh, well, there's a lot of people out and about. Um, I wouldn't say the crowds outside Buckingham Palace have been as, as immense as they were when Princess Diana died, but I think they're distributed all around the place. There, there's people outside, you know, all the royal residences, Windsor Castle, Buckingham Palace, um, up in Scotland, you know, and I think it's going to, I think it's going to build up as we get closer to the funeral. Um, and you know she was just held in such respect and um, you know most people are you know obviously at 96 um, it wasn't a total total shock we knew it was going to happen but it's um, it's still very upsetting when it does and I think the fact that uh, she was well enough to um, to greet Liz Truss her 15th prime minister would you Mm. believe and then two days later she was dead people are sort of wondering well how did she go downhill so quickly it really was very very sudden and that was the shocking part about it but um as I say, I think the way that Charles has, has, has taken to this almost like a duck to water, that uh, people are encouraged. I mean, obviously he's not going to have a rain anything like the, the length of the Queen's, but um, it, uh, people are running
0: behind him. Phil Dampier, thank you so much for your time this morning. I know you're pretty busy at the moment. My pleasure. Now that was royal correspondent Phil Dampier.